You're listening to The Enoughness Revolution, a powerful conversation on what it takes to become enough and stay enough as we strive toward our potential. I'm your host, Enoughness Coach and Women's Leadership Mentor, Megan Hale. Join me every Monday and Thursday as I talk to some of the top voices on what it takes to live true, live brave, and become our biggest champion along the way. It's time to revolutionize the way you live, love, work, and dream. This is the Enoughness Revolution. Happy Thursday, sisters, and happy Cinco de Mayo to you. If you are going to go have a margarita somewhere later, please have an extra one for me. I'm in the last month of pregnancy, so I would love for you to go and celebrate in my honor. And we're also moving towards Mother's Day. Mother's Day is this weekend, and I have a very special guest for all of the moms who are tuning in. But before I introduce you to her, I just want to remind everyone that the Fierce Women Masterclass is alive and well in the world. It just debuted on the first. And just as a reminder, you know, this is a beautiful collaboration. I've partnered with seven other phenomenal coaches to really create a very well-rounded leadership self-paced course. It is packed so full of high-value content. Like I even learned things going through all of the course material. And I'm so excited for you all to check it out. You can check it out at fiercewomenmasterclass.com. And we have a private Facebook community set up for all of you who join us where you'll have access to all of the eight co-creators. So all eight of us coaches are going to be in there helping to guide you to deeper and bolder personal leadership. So I cannot wait for that. Definitely go check that out. So today I'm speaking to Ashley Gartland, who is a life coach and mentor for moms who love being parents, but who also want to find fulfillment outside of motherhood so they can make a difference in the world beyond raising amazing kids. As a lifelong entrepreneur who spent the last decade working as a freelance food writer and cookbook author, Ashley has a passion for helping aspiring mompreneurs uncover their purpose and commit to making their dreams happen. Through her six-month group program, Bold Mom, Balanced Life, Ashley supports and inspires moms to prioritize themselves and pursue their dreams so they can be great moms and empowered women doing their work in the world too. When she's not coaching, Ashley spends her time wearing many hats as a mom of two little girls. And when it's time for a break from work and motherhood, you'll find her out running or curled up on the couch binge-watching old episodes of Mad Men. You can learn more about Ashley and get free access to her online class, More Than a Mom, Three Steps to Find Your Purpose Beyond Motherhood, at ashleymgartland.com. I'll include a link for that in the show notes. And I'm so excited to say she started a Facebook community just for moms called Your Bold Balanced Life, where moms are finding and pursuing their purpose beyond motherhood. So definitely make sure you check out the show notes to get all of those special links and access to Ashley. I'm so excited to share this conversation with you. I think it's definitely an important one to have, especially as I'm getting ready to become a mom. And just knowing that we are able to pursue our passions beyond motherhood, I think is is a great message. So without further ado, here's Ashley. Welcome back to the Enoughness Revolution, everyone. I am really excited about the conversation that's about to take place because we are going to be talking about a topic that has not been discussed on the podcast yet. And I have an incredible expert here with me, Ashley Gartland. Thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. 
Absolutely. Now, I always like to give my guests an opportunity to really introduce themselves in their own words. So who are you and what do you do? So I am a coach and I work primarily with moms and I work with them on issues um, surrounding enoughness, surrounding really helping them find their purpose beyond motherhood. And in order to do that, they have to be they have to find their self-worth and they have to be okay being a good enough mom to give themselves the time and the space to do anything else beyond motherhood. So I really, that's my, my big focus. And I'm also a mom myself who has, I've done this work in my own life. I've continued to do this work in my own life as a mom and a woman. Yeah. And, and that journey has led me to the work that I do now. Mm, I love that. I think, you know, the journey of enoughness is an ongoing one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's the only one that I, I have experienced myself. And I, you know, I'm getting ready to be a mom. Mm -hmm. So there's going to be a brand new journey of enoughness that I will be on. So I'm really excited to have your wisdom on the podcast today. So let us start first with, you know, enoughness means self-worth. I'm hearing this come up for you. Um, why do you think it's why do you think we struggle with self-worth so much as women and as mothers? You know, I, I think there is this ongoing, I hesitate to call it an epidemic, but it really is. Like there is, we get these messages about what it is to be a mother from so many people. We get it from our own lives and the way we were raised. We get it from social media. We get it from the media. We get it from our networks, our own communities. And there is this pressure to to be super mom. There's also a backlash going on, but there's still this ongoing pressure to be a perfect mother. And so inherently in all of us, we have this rule book that we've gathered all these rules from all these different sources. And we've created what I like to call the good mother manual. And it's, you know, what you have to do to be a good mother. And, and we try and live it and we try and meet all those rules. And we're basically setting ourselves up for failure and we're setting ourselves up. If you spend your whole life trying to adhere to all those rules of being this good enough mother, to be this perfection, you know, seeking perfection and being a great mom, you don't have room for anything else in your life. Mm. Wow. <laughs> um, I've never thought about perfectionism in that way. Mm -hmm. but it's so true. Like it will literally drain you trying to like be it all, do it all and trying to reach all of these expectations because everyone has a different expectation. And sometimes those expectations are completely opposite. So how are you supposed to find like this middle ground when you have this one perspective coming from this side and another one from the total opposite side? And like, how am I supposed to meet these both? You can't. But I think a lot of us put forth a lot of energy to try <laughs> and meet mm -hmm. both, right? Yeah. And it's changing. And it and as you're trying to meet all these other, these external standards, you're forgetting that, that you really know best, you know, you know, in terms of motherhood or, you know, and other roles that you play as a sister or a wife, a daughter, you know, whatever our expectations are for ourselves, when we live our lives by these rules that other people, these external sources are setting for us, we're forgetting that we know best, you know, and that's something that comes up with motherhood is, you know, best, you know what you need to do to be the kind of mom that you want to be. And you need to let go of all the other stuff. And when you let go of all that other stuff, there's freedom. There's freedom for you to have the space and, um, and to go, go live your life and create the life that you want for yourself and for your family and be the kind of mother you want to be and be the kind of woman you want to be doing the kind of work you want to do in the world. Yeah. Yes, totally. And it's, there's almost like this pattern of like not trusting yourself fully, of like not trusting your own expertise. 
Can you share a little bit about your personal journey of how you've arrived to this place where you really start yeah. on your own wisdom more so than all of these other influxes of information? Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, I think, and then you're, you know, you're heading here to this, this place where you're a first time mom and in a first time mom, like you don't have any expertise. Yeah. You, it's like, you know, when you start a business or you start something, you, know, you start school, you start something new, you don't have any expertise. And so you are relying on all these other sources. And for me with my personal journey, I lived my first two years as a mom really focused on those external sources and what I should do. And then I had another baby and had another little girl. And so I had these two little girls and I realized that I couldn't, I couldn't keep doing this. I kind of reached my breaking point. I couldn't keep relying on everyone else and seeking perfection. And I needed to let go because I was drowning. You know, I was the one who was suffering. My kids were doing amazing. My husband was doing amazing. And I was the one whose needs weren't being met. And, and everyone in my family saw that they needed, they all knew we needed to make a shift and start prioritizing me and, and letting me do the work. But to do that, I had to start creating my own, my own guidebook, you know, for motherhood, what I wanted it to look like and what good enough looked like to me. Mm. Yeah. Wow. No, I, I, I love that. I'm wondering if when you started doing this, if there had to be like any permission granted? Oh gosh, yes. <laughs> like, so there's like, there's three pieces. Like when I do work with clients, there's three pieces. So there's, the first piece is you think about your priorities and most people, a lot of women, a lot of mothers, the priority, they're not even on their priority list. Like if you ask a, a mom and especially a new mom to say, what are your priorities? It's like, you know, baby, obviously husband, partner, and then somewhere down the list, they're, they're on. They might have their health on there, but like nowhere on the list, they're not on it. Mm -hmm. So the first step is looking at their priorities always and seeing and saying like, what would it feel like for you to be at number five even? Like I'm not going to ask you to be number one because your kids are probably always going to be number one and mm -hmm. that's great. And My kids are my number one. But at least get yourself on that list and see. And so the permission piece is giving yourself permission to prioritize yourself. And if you don't do that piece, the work that you're going to do after that to really go out and find your purpose and figure out what you want to do and, you know, how you want to parent and how you want to lead in the world, you can't do that piece, like you said, without the permission first. Yeah. Yeah. And so what happens when you really start getting clear about your priorities and you start making some subtle shifts? I mean, what does that journey lo look like for you? You know, it's, it started really small. You know, it started, um, I should back up a little, a little bit. So my, my piece with motherhood, or as I became a mother, I realized that the career that I had previously as a freelance writer was not it for me. And I didn't think that I could have both. I didn't think that I could be the kind of mom I wanted to be and pursue a different career. And so I just kind of stayed stuck. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until, you know, my big mindset shift was I can have both. It's not motherhood or a career or motherhood or a purpose or leading in the world. It's motherhood and, and how can I do both of those things? And that's where the priorities started to have, they had to change a little bit. And so it was about letting go, you know, it was about saying if, if I'm on my priority list now, then I've got to let go of some of this other stuff. Like a, on a really practical example, like I used to throw lavish birthday parties. You see, you know, moms are on Pinterest and you're scrolling and you're getting all these ideas. So for my first daughter, we threw lavish birthday parties and I had a blast doing it. It was really fun. There was also a lot of pressure involved. And when I was doing that, I was slacking on my self-care. I was not finding time to do these things that I wanted to do for myself. So her birthday was yesterday and she's five now and we're doing a really simple party. And because we're doing that, 
I get to show up and I get to do the work that I want to do in the world. And I'm actually a better mom too, which is, and I'm taking care of myself. Like to have all those pieces fit together in this really beautiful way is, has been amazing. But I had to do the work of, you know, letting go and shifting my priorities. Yeah. But it was small. It's, you, you know, you asked how you do it. It's, um, it's not a black and white thing. It's gradual. It's work I still have to do daily. And it's baby steps. You take these little baby steps of doing little things for yourself and see how it feels and you see how it works out in, within your family. And then you readjust, you course correct and you keep working on it. So I'm curious with, cause I'm just, I'm thinking about this from my perspective, mm-hmm. getting ready to go into motherhood, of course. And I'm wondering like how much of those decisions are somewhat like more so for our own enoughness, mm-hmm. like we're doing enough versus it is for our actual child's well-being. And I think sometimes it can be really hard to separate because we can be like, no, no, no. I want my child to have this beautiful birthday party. They deserve this. I want them to to have things that I never had. But I think, you know, underneath this can be a little bit of like, because then that makes me a good enough mom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The validation, like you have to, you have to really understand your why, right? Like you have to if you're throwing a big birthday party because you're, it fulfills you creatively or if you're doing any, you know, anything, but if you're for the birthday party example, if you love being creative, you love building community and gathering people and hosting parties and you do that and it also happens to benefit your kid, that's amazing. But if you do it and it makes you miserable and exhausted and sleep deprived and your self-care suffers, then, then you have to question your motivation. You know, if you're only doing it, like you said, for the external validation of being a good mom. Yeah. And it's definitely something you have to look at, like dig deep and ask yourself the question, you know, why am I really doing this? Is it because it's something I want to do or is it something I think I should do or that I need to do because of what other people will think? And I think you really have to tease that out for yourself. Mm, I love that. I love that. And I love that in your journey, you, like I see this, this expansion Mm -hmm. of what's possible for you. Instead of looking at things of like an either or, it could be a both and and create Space for yourself and your life that these two things can mutually exist, right? But that's not the story. Like that's not the story that we hear. You know, we hear about burnout and we hear about lifestyles that do that don't support motherhood. And there's a lot of that going on in our culture right now. And you see people leaving the workforce in order to be the kind of parent they want to be. But I believe if you do the work and to both figure out your purpose and what you want, your you know, create that vision for your life. I believe you can actually create it. And I, I know you can because I'm doing it right now. Mm-hmm. And I've watched my clients do it. And you can have both, but you can't have it all. You have, to, you, know, you have to define what it is that you want and then figure out a way to create it. Yeah, and I think in that sense, you, you are able to have it all by your own definition. Yeah, your definition, right. not, not the world's definition of having it all. But <laughs> exactly. Your definition. Yes, because that, that's another good way of burning yourself out. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about how does the parallels of the journey of motherhood kind of relate to the journey of leadership. Oh, I think, yeah, I was thinking about this last night and I, you know, what's been really beautiful and really interesting is as I've stepped into this work of being a coach and I, God, I wish I had this when I was a freelance writer too, because it would have been so helpful is that I don't struggle with the self-worth and the feeling of enoughness in business as much as I think maybe some other people do because I've done the work in motherhood and I've seen how it plays out in another, another role in my life. And I know that there's power in letting go and there's, you know, finding that ease within the effort. 
yeah. is where I need to be. And so I've already done it with motherhood and I can just kind of adapt it to business or leading in the world. No, I totally see that. Um, especially like as it comes to with comparison, because mm-hmm. comparison is one of those things that takes us out of enoughness like that mm-hmm. quickly than more quickly than anything I know. So really when you're stepping up into in your purpose and your leadership, I mean, having that grounding effect of knowing when you're getting stuck in comparison and how to pull yourself back out is so huge and being able to go and, and really show up and shine the way that you're yeah. intended to in your mission in the world, right? And you learn that fast as a parent. You know, I don't know if it, I can't speak to fathers, but I don't think it happens as much with dads. But mothers, it's like you're in the hospital and immediately you're in comparison. It's like they had a different birth than you. They're breastfeeding, you're not, or vice versa. You know, like there's all these different things that can suck you into that comparison. And it's really easy to go down that path. Mm -hmm. Like you said, pulling yourself out of it and just standing your ground and saying like, this is the kind of parent I'm going to be. This is how I'm going to lead as a parent. It applies so beautifully to whatever you decide to do for your purpose, because you're able to step back and say, you know, that's good for them. It's not for me. I'm going to do it my way. And I'm going to, I'm going to be, just be me. Mm, I love that. So what benefits have you experienced since you have created room for both of these things in your life? Oh my gosh, I am, <laughs> you know, I, I thought it would make, there was this belief early on that I thought I would be less present as a mom. And I thought I would be a bad mom, honestly, like I, I didn't think I could do both. So we just kind of just, my husband and I had a conversation. I worked with a great coach and we just kind of decided we were going to try it. You know, we're going to go for it. We're going to go for it and see if we can both have careers and both be great parents. And it's messy and complicated and, but it, it works. And I, we're actually better parents because we're fulfilled and lit up in our work. And then when we're parents, we're able to just be present and be engaged with our kids in a way that we weren't before because we were distracted by all this chatter going on in our heads. Mm-hmm. No, I totally see that as possible. Mm-hmm. So there's time for um, a, a beautiful business that really feeds your soul. There's time to be this very present parent. There's time to be this very present partner. There's time to really prioritize yourself mm-hmm. when you create it for that yeah. time though, right? Mm-hmm. When, you def- when you sit down and you really define you know what you define what your vision is for yourself. And, and, you know, we talk, I've talked a lot about business. It might, your purpose might not be business. It might be a hobby that you need to cultivate for yourself. It might be about self-care. It might be about contributing and volunteering and building community within your neighborhood. You know, it doesn't have to be business, but what it, whatever it does that lights you up, you need to do that in addition to the motherhood piece and the partnership piece. And And instead of it being something that's filled with pressure about achieving, you know, being perfect in all of those areas, it's just about being good enough in those areas so that you can, you, so that you can feel good about, you know, wearing all the different hats and feel fulfilled with them because you're not chasing perfection. Yes. Yes. I love that. (laughs) So I'm curious about some of the most common themes that show up with the clients that you work with, because I am imagining that there might be this belief of, is it really okay to want more? Shouldn't I be fulfilled with what I already have? Shouldn't I be grateful? Shouldn't I be, I have this beautiful baby and this beautiful family and this wonderful partner and this great life. And shouldn't I be grateful for all I have? And then this massive wave of mom guilt hits, right? And so you spend all your time cycling through that, you know, wanting more than feeling guilty about it and wanting more and feeling guilty about it. And you can't get out of it. And it's that permission piece again, giving yourself permission to want more and saying it doesn't make me a bad mom 
to want something a little bit different for myself or to want something more than motherhood for myself, then there's that freedom piece again where you can step forward and do those things. But God, the mom guilt is, is honestly the reason I went to coaching in the first place for myself. Yeah. That was, we, we got on the phone. She said, what three things do you want to work with? I was like, career, relationship, mom guilt. I, we've got to get a hold of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And it is, I spend sessions and sessions with clients on it because it is one nasty thing. Mm, I bet. And like, what's like the most helpful thing, like besides permission, you think that helps us work through that mom guilt? Oh gosh. I, you know, we as a culture are not very good at feeling our feelings. And so, (laughs) you know, like like we're not good at it and guilt doesn't feel good. So why would you want to put yourself through that? Mm -hmm. But when you feel mom guilt, and you push it away and you say, I'm not going to feel this. And you're, you're not acknowledging it and you're not really processing through it. And so you get stuck in that cycle where you try and push it away and then it hits again and you're not getting anywhere. Versus when you take mom guilt and you say, I'm feeling mom guilt right now. And hey, maybe there's a silver lining to this. Like for me, it's when I feel mom guilt, I actually know I'm doing something pretty important for myself. And there's that silver lining where I'm like, okay, I'm feeling mom guilt. I'm actually going to let it just kind of hang out with me. And I'm going to keep doing my work and it kind of, it dissipates. And that's the secret is really allowing it into your life, noticing how it feels to you and just letting it be there with you and realizing it's really not that bad. Like feeling it and saying, like for me, it shows up like a little bit of tightness in my chest. I'm like, can I handle this? Yeah, I can handle this. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And so what, what else shows up for your clients and your work? Like, you know, I would imagine that there's this, conversation that happens almost repeatedly with almost mm-hmm. every single client like what else kind of comes up in this because I'm just curious for my own person yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's you know it's an ongoing conversation of good enoughness you know like it's and defining how they want to be in the um and the guilt it, and it is ongoing you know like I think a client will break through it and then the next session will be back on the phone and we're talking about guilt again and we're talking about really working through it and figuring out what, what they're making it mean. I guess I think that's the primary conversation we have is you're feeling this way and it's preventing you from being the kind of parent and the leader you want in the world. And what are you making it mean that you're feeling this way? And how is that stopping you dead in your tracks? Mm-hmm. So you can't actually move forward with whatever it is that you want to do. Mm, I love that. Of What does it mean? Yeah. Yeah. And it's what often it's, what are you making it mean? I'm making it mean I'm a bad mom. I'm making it mean that I don't love my kids or I'm making it mean that I'm not that comparison thing again, that I'm not as good enough. I'm not as good of a mom as, you know, this person in my community, someone in my mom's group, or my, I'm not as good of a mom as my kids' aunts. Like those sorts of things come up when we're making it mean something. And it's, it's really often not. Yeah. No, I can totally see that. Especially with like, I'm not a good enough mom or I don't love my kids or I'm not being as good as I could be. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that, you know, that kind of thinking really creates so much internal pressure mm-hmm. for us. And, you know, I just know from just from, be, from being a woman, there is already There's enough. So much pressure on us as it is. And so to add this extra layer, um, I think I can see it creating a, like a really big struggle. And I don't know how, you know, I'm going to adjust. This is a huge adjustment becoming a mom. Mm-hmm. Um, is, a, it's a huge shift. <laughs> and so I'm just kind of thinking about like, I don't think I'm going to know how it's going to be until this child is here and I'm, you know, I'm doing it, you know, and I, I've, 
I think that there's a lot of planning that can go into this. And I'm just kind of like, you know, I'm just going to kind of walk forward and just see what happens. It's kind of like an experiment because I've never done this before. (laughs) And that mindset is a beautiful mindset to have instead of planning it out, you know, because you don't know what it's going to be like. You don't know what your child is going to be like or who you're going to be as a mother and what challenges are going to come up and what things are going to be easy that you thought were going to be challenging. So that's a, yeah. a beautiful way to head into it. Thank you. And I'm kind of like thinking about this from, cause like we have uh, opposite journeys, like motherhood came first then entrepreneurship came next. Mm-hmm. And I'm on the exact opposite. So I'm wondering like what tools <laughs> can I take from my entrepreneurship journey and really like apply them to motherhood and like kind of being experimental, I think is, is, is one of them. And then knowing how comparison works is. Yeah. Like both of those are going to be huge. And you know, the, the other thing that you, you asked about what comes up with clients again and again is time. And you're, you know, it'll be interesting to see what it feels like for you when you have this little person who does take so much of your time and energy. And what I see from people again and again is them saying, it's not my time. It's, you know, they're waiting. They're waiting for it to be their time. And their time may never come if they keep waiting. And so that's a conversation that we, that's ongoing with clients is, and just women in my community who are mothers is don't wait. Mm-hmm. Go do the, the work you want to do in the world. Find your purpose. Do the thing that you want to do because you can't be in that place of waiting forever. You can, but it doesn't feel very good. I can see that. I totally see that too. One thing that I kind of want to, expl- to explore with you, which we really haven't talked that much about on the podcast yet, is how do we awaken to our purpose? Like what are some of the tools that you use to really help your clients saying, what more is out there for you? Let's talk about it. Let's get into this beautiful dream energy, this desire energy. Let's mm-hmm. see what happens. Like, what are some of the things that you use to walk your clients through it? So I have two types of clients that come to me. I have the mother who knows exactly what she wants to do, like very, has a very clear vision, you know, and, and her issues are more like the mom get on the time. And then I have the mom who has 25 ideas yeah. and has, has no idea, like would term herself an idea person says she has trouble sticking with things and has no idea what her purpose is. So we take that list of, you know, and if they don't even have a list of ideas, they just know vaguely they want something more, mm-hmm. but they have no clue what it was, which is exactly where I was at right. when I was a mother trying to figure this out. So the first step is just, we do a brain dump. We dump everything onto paper together and we talk like we get everything on a paper and then we talk about the kind of life they want to have. And then we start eliminating, you know, we, if they say they want, freedom of schedule. Well, a nine to five might not be for them. So we look at their list and we kind of compare the list that they have, these dreams that they have, or these like potential ideas that they have for their purpose. And does it actually fit with their vision? Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't, then it's probably a good one to let go. And it's, it's just this process of narrowing it down. And then it's about exploring. It's not about picking one. It's about exploring one idea and seeing how it goes yeah. for them. And that there's no... It's not this permanent thing where you have to say, I'm going, you know, for me, it was, I'm going to become a life coach now and I've stuck with it and I enjoy it and it is my purpose. But if it wasn't, then it would be again about giving myself permission to say, what about that other thing that was on my list? Let's explore it. Let's give myself six months to explore that and see what it feels like and see if it lights me up and it's the work that I want to do. Mm-hmm. I love that. You know, I think for me and in, in my work around purpose, it's, our purpose has been with us always. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it's usually so incredibly simple, but it's usually like lacking the clarity of how it's supposed to manifest in the world. 
really like stops us in our tracks, right? Like for instance, like my purpose I know is to to help women come home to who they are. Mm -hmm. Well, that can manifest like a million plus ways, right? And so I found that looking at um, things that light you up, different activities that really like speak to your heart, like things that make you who you are, that's what gives the texture. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's like the really the fun part, right? Yeah. Like where do you find ease? What do you, if someone, what would you do for free? What would you do all day just because it makes you happy? You know, and for me, it's having powerful conversations. So it was like, oh, well, hello. It makes sense to do coaching. (laughs) And for other people, you know, like I, because I have a background as a writer, I have quite a few clients who are writers. And like one of them was talking and she was sharing that, you know, she really likes teasing stories out of people. And she's like, I don't really know how I could help. So I'm like, oh my God, you could be a copywriter, like a copywriter who teases stories out of people and helps them share their story. There's a lot of people who need help with that. So sometimes the beautiful thing about coaching, and you know this too, is that it provides a space for them to get perspective and they'll just be sharing some things. And all of a sudden there's like this nugget that they share that it's like that, that's it. And they thought it was just some little thing that they did. And it's actually huge and vastly important work that they could do they couldn't see it before because they just thought it was something, you know, fun that they did or something they were interested in. Yes. Like that's the other thing too. I think sometimes when things come so easily to us, we're like, mm-hmm. that's not a skill. I'm like, not everybody has that thing that you have. <laughs> and yeah, no you can't see it. it. Like you can't see it because you're in it. But a coach or a friend or a partner is able to say, hey, like you're really good at that. Not everyone has that ease around that. And and then it's a question of, is that interest, is that something you're interested in doing? Right. And what would, you know, what would that look like and how would that fit within the lifestyle that you want? And how is that, would that work for you as a mother? And, and it, you know, it's piecing all that together and figuring it out. And the big vision. Yeah. So before we kind of wrap up today, I always like to ask my guests, like when you get knocked out of your enoughness, which we all do, especially when we're going through an up level. Mm-hmm. What are some of the tools that you use to really bring you back to that place of knowing that you're doing enough, you are enough, you're standing in your enoughness? So my favorite tool, you know, I think what happens for us is when we're really sucked into that place where we don't feel enough is that we're stuck in our heads and there's this, there's like crazy thoughts running around in our heads and we're not able to really catch them and question them. And they're just wreaking havoc on our life. So the first thing I like to do is that brain dump or like a thought download. I rip out a sheet of paper and I try and do this daily actually in the morning Mm -hmm. and just write, just write all the things that I'm thinking because as soon as I get them on paper and I can look down at that sheet of paper and see them, I can see them for the junk they are usually, you know, like they're not, I can ask myself, is this true? Is this something I want to believe? And I can start teasing out how they'll play out in my life. Like if I'm not feeling good enough in my work, I know how that's going to play out when I'm on calls with clients and I know that's going to play out when I'm doing writing. And so it's, it's taking those thoughts and kind of like teasing out what's going to happen. And if I want to choose to keep thinking them and if not, then it's like, well, if I don't want to think that, what do I need to think to create the results I want in my life? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a daily practice. I mean, it really is. Totally. And I think, I mean, I I can only imagine where this is going to go after the journey of motherhood begins, but so many need tos. Yeah. Need tos and shoulds. And like, do I really, do I really need to be doing this thing right now? Do I really 
do I want to believe this is a should? You could should all over yourself. Like this is, right. is this something you want? All these shoulds that you have, they're actually something that you want to be doing. Yeah. And how would it feel if you let this go? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Usually if you just start saying a powerful no. <laughs> Usually that question gives me all the information that I need. Mm-hmm. Because if there's a whole lot of ease with the thought of letting something go and I'm like, yeah, we're taking that one off the list. Exactly. And then look what's possible. And that's the other question I like is what would be possible for you if you let some of these, you know, debilitating thoughts go? What would be possible for you if you let some of the shoulds go? What kind of space would open up for you and time and freedom would open up for you to go out and do the thing that you want to do? Yeah, for sure. I know for me, um, just so much pressure is on those need tos. Like, you know, back or like years ago, I literally thought the world would stop spinning if I did not do some of those need tos. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so just having the experience that the world, it still goes on. If you take one of those need tos or shoulds off your list is a really powerful experience. And remembering that that like removing the, something from your list, I think there's a lot of fear for, you know, people who are high achievers and perfectionists. There's a lot of fear about removing some of those things that we've always done. Yeah. And so it's being willing to take the leap, but also realizing it's not permanent. You can take it off your list, see how it works in your life. And if you need to put it back on, fine, but give yourself permission and be curious and see what's possible if you take it off. I love that. Curiosity is a, is a very powerful tool. Mm -hmm. So I want to talk to you about the training that you've developed because I think that it has a lot of power of helping women just reclaim who they mm -hmm. are and really creating a life that they love. So can you talk a little bit about it? Yeah. So I have a training that's the, you know, the three steps to finding your purpose beyond motherhood. And when I started the training, you know, I thought we'd start kind of that question you asked, how do you find your purpose? How do you figure out what it is? And as I started developing the training, I realized that it would be such a disservice to the women who are taking it if we didn't first talk about priorities and permission. And so that's where the training starts. It's a short training, but it, we start talking about the priority piece. I have them work through their top five priorities. And then we, there's within the training, there's some important questions that you can ask to start making some shifts for yourself and figuring out what's possible if you reprioritize some stuff on your list. And then it's about permissions. And um, Brené Brown has a great exercise called permission slips. And it's really simple. What permission slips are you going to write for yourself in order for you to do the thing that you want to do? And it might be like, I give myself permission to prioritize me. It might be that broad. It might be as specific as I give myself permission to delegate three chores to my husband so that I can have some time to do something for me. So those are the first two pieces. And then from there, there's a series of questions that helps them take that list that I talked about, make a list, and then take that list and tease out what they want to explore for the next stretch of time, whatever they designate. You know, If they want to explore something for a week or a month or six months, you know, it helps them whittle it down to one idea that they want to look into and dig a little deeper and try it on, see if it's their purpose. And if it, it is, then they can keep running with it. And if it's not, then they can go back to the list again. Yes. It's always a process of, of refinement. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, it's so much refinement. Like it's not like you're going to wake up one morning and be hit in the head with your purpose. Like you have to try something and see how it works and then see how it's going to work with your lifestyle that you want to create. And then you see, you know, if it's a good fit and if it's not, you tweak it a little bit or you drop it entirely and try on the next thing. Yes. I love that. So where can they find this training? So it's on my website. It's, um, I'll send you a link so that you can have it in the, 
the bio, but it's just ashleymgartland.com. It's right there on the homepage. Love it. Yeah. I will definitely link that up in the show notes for everyone. So Ashley, thank you so much for joining me on the Enoughness Revolution and talking all things motherhood and leadership. Yeah. Thank you. And thank you for the work you're doing. I think it's so important for mothers to, to hear this, this idea of letting go of perfectionism. And I think it's so important for women and, and everyone really. And imagine what the world's going to be like as people embrace this work. Oh, I know. It's a dream of mine for sure. (laughs) To all of our listeners, thank you so much for joining Ashley and I in this space as we talk about enoughness from the motherhood perspective while also pursuing your purpose in the world. We will see you again soon. Thank you so much for joining us on the Enoughness Revolution. If today's episode rocked your world or added value to your life, I'd love for you to let us know by leaving a quick review on iTunes. The Enoughness Revolution is a global conversation for owning who we are as women and owning who we are as leaders. If you're ready to break free from the destructive stories of not enough and step boldly into your own leadership, visit me at megan-hale.com for one-on-one coaching, group programs, and courses all designed to empower you to lead. Until next time, you're beautiful, you're powerful, you're capable of achieving everything you desire. Claim your enoughness, sister, and unleash the fierce feminine leader within.